0: Alright, Zig coming in on the top. Today, I talk with the Cleveland-based Vanilla Phase, a high-energy electronic funk pop group with um, some spice of hip-hop and vocal harmonies. I uh, sit down in their HQ, their studio, their rehearsal space. I talk with G3, Nico Dinaldo, Rick Taggard, and Paco Ripley. Um, and these guys are cool. This was a really fun chat. We just kind of hung out. Each one of them had really good music taste, and they're all really great people. And I couldn't, you know, it just kind of—I love talking to peer groups from Cleveland and just seeing how how awesome everyone is. It's just—it's a, a good reminder of we're surrounded by great talent and great people. And um, maybe maybe it's hard to see because we're by it, but it's here. Um, anywho, we're gonna listen to one of their tunes. This is "Silent Mess" off the "Magic Suitcase," Vanilla Phase. Silent Mess, Vanilla Phase, the album is The Magic Suitcase, available now on all streaming platforms. Vanilla Phase has a lot coming up, a lot coming out. They're busy individuals. But the one thing I know for sure is February 17th, they were playing at Negative Space, um, with a bill to be announced here soon. But their act is high energy and entertaining enough that you're going to want to catch them live. Um, That being said, uh, we're going to jump right into it. This is my conversation with Vanilla Phase at HQ. (laughs) <laughs> that will be, this is gonna be sick. Okay, so let's go in around. Um, let's go. Starting with you, my friend,
1: Taylor Ripley, aka Paco, and uh, I hit the keys, slap a little bass, and I don't have to play it this this high all the time. And if you can't see me, but I'm, You're I'm playing McCartney it up by right like, now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we uh, everyone gets in on the on the synth and stuff and the, and and the songwriting, but uh, I like to. Get in on the polishing aspects too, okay. and just and and mess with the uh, with the production and the engineering a lot. So very cool. That's it. Moving on.
2: I'm G3, and I just sing.
1: Sick, awesome.
2: Should
3: <laughs> <laughs> show up and do and more sing. than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she does a lot more than that. You but uh, it. I am Nico Donaldo. I, I uh, vocals and guitar. No you know. Uh, G3 cuts herself a little short. She does a little songwriting, too, but uh, also Paco, we all kind of do a little writing. So I guess you could say vocals, guitar, writing as well. Um, These guys are the big producers.
4: Rick Taggart, yeah, producing, songwriting, guitar, keys, wherever I'm needed, Swiss Army Knife kind of guy.
0: Like, going through, like, the records and going through, like, what you sent me with the press packet, it seems like everyone, and clearly with the description of what do you do, is everyone's doing everything. But that also makes a really interesting, like, dynamic to have, like, a bunch of Swiss Army knife musicians, as you put it, like, because, like, when it comes to something like producing or, like, mixing or, like, a final touch on that, if you don't know anything of that, you're just kind of like, yeah, dude, sounds good, or turn up the bass is what I always (laughs) get. You know what I mean? Like... But like to be able to n- have like kind of bits and that comes from those multiple like different like aspects of being able to work in that. Um, so that that's what I think really makes because listening through uh, Vanilla Phase from phase one, the f- uh, old uh, like the the, the new uh, old dog, new tricks, new tricks, old dog. One trick pony. One trick pony. <laughs> God damn. I was looking <laughs> at the cover with that. the <laughs> dogs. <laughs> are, are those
3: anyone's dogs here? Thank God. No. Our dogs <laughs> have it all figured out. Yeah, they're good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but until a uh, magic suitcase, it's like uh, interesting, like growth sonically. Like that um, one trick pony got it uh, <laughs> is really good. And like, but to hear how you guys grow from just that little bit of time is really impressive. And that makes sense after hearing you guys just be like, "Oh, we do bits of everything." <laughs> so to kind of dive into it. Uh, we were talking about how this all kind of happened in the pandemic. So let's kind of like build up maybe like where you were at individually and how like this became a unit. Yeah. Well. Like during that time specifically, I guess, would be a good start point.
4: I mean, actually, you know, uh, Paco, Nico, and I started off before the pandemic playing in a metal band. Yeah? What was uh, it? War Channel, it was called. Wow, sick.
3: Yeah, we were playing thrash. Yeah? We love to play. You know, just and doing some covers, playing some death, and playing some even some Alice in Chains, and we were down here playing all types of stuff, j- just getting it going. We, you know, just across the board, we have some yeah. fun with Bowie and Beatles, and but the Thrash album, we were just kind of getting it going. Sabbath, the Sabbath, yeah. of course, you know, Hell so yeah. things just started steamrolling in that direction after a little while. Okay, right.
4: so okay. then then the pandemic hit. Uh, he fucked off down to South Carolina for a while to <laughs> hunker down in the bunker and. uh after we realized that it was safe to be around people, um, Nico and I started getting together and he kind of had an idea of where he wanted to go with some, some greasy funk kind of stuff. And I kind of was coming at it from a trip hop and that kind of angle. And we just started throwing stuff at the wall. He clearly had some female vocals in mind and, you know, eventually uh, Paco got back up here. We were lucky enough to find G3 and, that's where where things started to really take off.
0: Very cool. So like, it's interesting just to go back to the Swiss Army knife of like instrumentation, like playing, like to be like, yeah, we were in a thrash band, but then I got so like, you know, what I mean, that's <laughs> that's like, I think like I think most metal musicians, most people that are really in the metal, are really in the music as well, and that's like only like a, a shiny piece that you see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like if you would look back in the day at like uh a, a, like a metal guitarist like it's iPod you're going to see funkadelic somewhere in there <laughs> like right the and, and one of, <laughs> yeah,
3: there's so many backgrounds too between you know between Paco between Rick between G3 and myself that we all kind of have something to bring to the table as far as like what we get into and production wise what we want to play so it's become a really neat kind of like melange of of sounds for that reason and i think that again like you said with metal a lot of people are are into classical. A lot of people are right. in so many other genres of music, you know. Aside from them thrashing it out all the time, so
1: yeah. For for us, uh, you know, when we started playing, you know, we've been doing this. I don't want to date myself, but something upwards of thirty five, you know, years. You know, we started off playing. Well, I did playing punk bands in high school and stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier, that band Faux Fear, like stuff like the Cure. Yeah doing, like, New Order covers and Echoing the Bunnymen and stuff like that. So, you know, we started off playing instruments. uh, uh, Fucking Rick started playing uh, drums in high school, and he was into metal, and I was playing bass. So we started off with that before we got into uh, heavy and synthesizer, kind of, like, morphed into playing in industrial bands. That kind of morphed into DJing. But... You know, the ability to jump around and do different stuff in the studio, you know, I think that all stems from starting off as just like regular old, you know, kick it with, you know, three, four guys in a in a garage and, you know, right. jamming.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's when you can really physically, like, approach it and feel it and be able to express that way. And then once you kind of see, like, how that all works, the, like, understand, like, the digital side of it or the uh, electronic side of it is equally as, like... It's weird when people kind of write it off. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, it's not music. It's, you know, that that guy didn't play that robotic beat. because well, no, he's not a robot. Hear that all no like- the time. Like with yeah.
1: hip-hop musicians, you know, same thing, just because it's an electronic beat. But I think I think if you did a poll or, you know, you just kind of asked around. I think most people know how to play something right before they start making, you know, do dot da do, da on a drum machine. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't just kind of fall into. It. Oh, I'm sure some people can. Sure. But but in, in
3: the younger generations now are much more open to that type of idea where I think that's kind of a stigma that's kind of, you know, will we'll kind of fall out oh, with yeah. the, the passing of the guard, you know what I mean, is those kind of like, you know, Gen Xers and all those guys, <laughs> you know, I mean, the more closer to our age that, w- you know, or, and older that are kind of more, a little more closed minded towards that electronic element or towards hip hop. Which there's so much good stuff. It's it's a it's a shame because to close yourself off to all these good things and artists are right. out there listen to you know. Right.
1: Can I put a quick interjection to yeah. that? To that, uh, a guy that I played with, he was a classically trained guitarist. He invited me to play in his band, we we're a hardcore punk band, and uh, he. Used, this is about 1988. I had a band, uh, tape cassette of another band that I uh, played with uh, called Sick April. They were really cool. They were like Bauhaus and like just Sick. dirty. But he took the cu- uh, insert card, the J card, out and wrote sucks after their name <laughs> <laughs> and because it was like electronic based. Yeah. F- you know, flash forward uh, 25 years. The guy's a professor of music at IUPUI and all he does is electronic music. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Oh, Bauhaus is dope, and it, it, to think uh, yes. on a on a note with that, um, like what a band that's like they're they're playing all the shit, but like it sounds like the electric approach, you know, especially with like um, Belagosi's debt, you know, like there's so much echo on that shit, and they're making that electronic sound in a way. It's almost like dub music. Yeah, and like you know what definitely that dub.
3: that band that we played with over the weekend, Faux Fear, I yeah. felt they had a lot to echo. Did. You felt like some of those elements were all electronic, but the yeah. guitar was there and it was doing a lot, and so it was very complimentary to the sound. I thought that was pretty dope.
0: So the cue the listeners in, because we've been talking about Faux Fear for a minute, you guys played in Kent with Faux Fear. Correct. Well, let's let's plug them really quick to yeah, catch yeah. everyone up. Give them a little heater. Give them we'll give a, little, a little, look. little heater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, these guys really, really impressed us. I mean, they came on, they came on before us, um, and really set the stage for the vibe. You know, had people really grooving out and. You know, they had that they have that throwback sound, but it still had has a very contemporary vibe to it. So, you know, something that I think everybody should keep their ears open because they're, they're going to do good things, you know.
1: Beer. You like bands like uh, Zymox, uh, Exmaul Deutschland, uh, you know, The Cure, Joy Division, we were talking about all that stuff. Just very heavily 4AD influenced. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, but again, the bassist could play. The could play, so they're shredding live instruments on top of the beats. So it's like, you know, that nice same kind of mix that we got, you know, we're recording live, you know, guitar on these tracks and, and bass and we're playing that stuff. So same kind of a thing,
0: you know. Right. And I think that's like kind of the, uh, the, like to that blend of both. Like, I think the mind can get past, okay, the beats repetitive, right? And it's on point. It's almost now, and to kind of build off your point with maybe the generational thing, is so much music. Even if it is played by a real drummer, right? A lot of it gets quantized anyway to fit the BP, uh, the, like the the algorithm that feeds you the beat anyway. So it's like, oh yeah, if you th- look you know? at something
3: like if you look like Station to Station, you right. know, like Bowie. I mean, it, it, it sounds so much like a loop. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you'd almost think it was like a hip hop loop, and almost sounds electronic, just because of the the revolutionary nature of that of of the track. You know? Yeah,
0: and that. So I think in a way, like um, the idea of kind of perfection is gonna be, it's gonna overshadow that. And most drummers, if they're not machines, are gonna be <laughs> like the one. What's the one thing they would say about a what's a drummer from the Rolling Stones uh, who just passed? Uh, Charlie Watts. Uh, yes, they'd be like, yeah, that dude was a metronome, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like all drummers, but like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. Like, I don't know. I never thought of it like that because it, it, it then makes sense why more people, aside from hip hop, just as a genre being more widely accepted. And if you listen to people like Tyler, the creator or like um, uh, Kendrick, those records are so musically dense like just with everything going on, like the to call it non musical is foolish because it's not. Oh, like, if you
3: listen to someone like Harry Fraud and, and the type of depth that he has in the ambience inside of the music, I mean how could you not get caught up in that sound regardless of exactly. who you are listening to it, you know?
1: So those like are, Yeah, those are people that are just stuck in the, the past. They right. just they want to listen to their Kansas and their Boston. <laughs> Or Chicago, you know, those vibes. <laughs> They're like, damn it, man. the uh, Life has passed me by, and I'm
0: pissed. <laughs> I wish there was a band called New York. I wish there was a band <laughs> called Vermont. Oh, exactly. I wish there was a, a Delaware to go with my Boston... Uh, don't get me wrong, Boston's sick. Oh, yeah. I you mean, know? nothing
3: wrong with enjoying that stuff, yeah. too. It, I think that, again, I just feel bad for individuals who don't have the open mind because they, they shut themselves off to all this good stuff. Right, you know?
4: right. That goes for anybody. I only listen to jazz or I only listen to this or right. that. Like, I mean, you're just c- closing yourself off to way too many
0: possibilities. The kind of like a, the, t- uh, the whole Bruce Lee mentality, like the – do you, do you ever read the? I don't know. Are you like a, a Bruce Lee fanatic? I'm a Not limited of one.
3: I wouldn't say fanatic, but I, you know, I've read a lot of books and okay. a lot of publications, and you know his, you know, as far as his thoughts and yeah. as far as his the, you know, his theories go, I'm pretty, you know,
1: his you life know, philosophy. Pretty, you know, yeah, pee pretty water familiar with, with him. Friend. Yeah, yeah right, just right. you know
3: <laughs> exactly the the ability to be able to kind of keep your channels open. Right. That's the idea because that's where information comes from. You know, the you know when the channels are closed, the information isn't coming in. So. Again, when it comes to music, if you can keep those channels open, then you, you have so many other elements to be able to pull in for, for creative perspective as well.
0: Right. And he's got this whole bit where he had this uh, this little uh, gravestone he had a 3D model of that says, here lies the classical man or something something of along that sorts where it's like if you train in one way or think in one way, you'll only be that one way, right? So if all you listen to is jazz, jazz is only going to get worse because... It's you, you, you haven't moved, you know, you stuck yourself to that one way, which is uh, like frustrating because, man, when it comes to music, there's so much shit mm-hmm. to dive into. But there's also the whole like core principles that apply to everything, right? Absolutely,
3: you know, and I think th- as long as you're sticking to those particular things, then you'll always have those things to fall back on if you want. Right. But if you want, you can still kind of like spread your wings, make sounds. You know what I mean, and just kind of get out there and have fun when you're making music. That's the whole point of it, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I, I and I just mean like a sixteenth note is a sixteenth note, no matter what genre. Right. You know, so if you if you get sixteenth notes down, you're good. <laughs> like you can appreciate that in any form. But uh, b- uh but. <laughs> you know what?
1: Before, uh, to as a quick aside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, from the industrial side of things, where uh, Rick and I, you know, kind of. He, you know, he was in a band with me called Fragment, um, for for a while, and we were like, you know, late '80s, early '90s, and then I moved to New York. I came back. He got in a band that, and we've kind of been playing on and off since high school, until we kind of uh, both got to New York at the same time. So prior we're, to that, we're at New York. Where you guys? We first went to uh, right Ludlow and Canal, right in Chinatown, Lower East Side, and. Uh, this was right as everything was kind of starting to gentrify hardcore. Yeah. Um, that last push after there was, like, rent control and all those cool things and <laughs> artists in yeah. residency, really cool stuff going on. And so we kind of caught the tail end of it. Um, and we ended up moving to Brooklyn, and he, and he moved somewhere else in Brooklyn. I moved to Queens. You know, we came back here. Uh, I came back here first. Then I moved to Chicago. Then I came back. Um, throughout that whole time, we had this love of sampling, Mm. so you know we have a we have a sampler sitting behind me an old akai s6000 and uh but going all the way back to the 80s we'd had uh keyboard samplers and you know get two quarter inches plug them into the back of your vcr and just sit there and get you know this is like the influence from skinny puppy and ministry yeah. and all those guys is to get the dialogue samples off of movies and stuff you know horror flicks tarantino flicks yeah. Ali, Ali stone all that stuff and uh we sampled the shit out of Bruce Lee, man. We yeah. fucking love. We got Enter the Dragon, yeah. man. We got so many, like, you know. It is like a finger pointing to away to the, to the, the moon. moon. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Spend too so much time
0: <laughs> looking at the finger, you miss the glory, the heaven yeah, and glory, heavenly glory, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, but you so know, lo- the that kind that of build off that—that's music. That's music because totally. If you were, e- if you would listen to a, a, or no, Victor Wooten has a whole bit about how like he would play, uh, MLK speeches on the bass. And you're like, what? Well, he would take the symbolic like timing, and would make it a That's phrase and find the that. cadence, right? So you're sampling just bits that you hear all the time, or even like the idea of the lick, you know, the that jazz lick, the, um, or the Indiana bebop one too. Like you're taking these ideas that m- work. And putting them in different things, right? That's sampling, and it's it's so crazy oh. that people that are like, "Dude, you even play on oh, it? That's not your thing, thinking. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's music is taking those influences and putting them out in your own way. Well, that's like the old uh,
1: Burroughs, uh, Brian Gysin. You know, the ups, They would take you know, found you know, yeah. newspapers, magazines, and all this yeah. stuff, and like c- take stuff, cut it up, rearrange it, yeah, make a new piece of art. Yeah, you know,
0: same thing. And like well there's only so many words, right? If you start speaking exactly. your own original language, people will be like, I need to call the guys that that help people out like this. <laughs> like <laughs> the Yeah, they're coming. Don't worry about it. We'll get you a zingo, da you know like whatever it is like
1: speaking <laughs> of words. What what about uh you know, let's talk about G3 for a 2nd cuz G3 you know, what up? Might yeah. What you doing <laughs> back there? She's a
3: big talker. She got a lot to say. <laughs> what
1: you doing back there in the corner?
2: Just chilling. Just hanging. <laughs> chilling, hitting my vape.
0: What's a. Uh, so, G? let's kind of get music. So, it seems you guys have been working together for a minute. It seems like. Uh, like. Where did you guys meet G3 and what's kind of like your musical background?
2: So, um, my musical background is pretty different. Yeah, uh, sick. Let's hear it. I'm theater girl okay mostly yeah um musical or yeah musical theater and one of my best friends from school um was taking classes at the, the kung fu school
0: Oh, yeah, we didn't put that in there. Like <laughs> 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 Nico's Kung Fu School. Nico <laughs> is a
1: Sifu at the Kung Fu C- School. Sifu C- Nico. C- C- yeah. Cleveland seafood yeah. Nico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My,
2: my best friend since third grade, uh, yeah? taking classes with him. Sick. And they were on a smoke break, and he's like, you know, we need this female vibe, this yeah. influence. And she was thinking of me, and she's like, "I know the perfect person. Let me set it up." Okay. We met. We all met at like a coffee shop.
1: It was the root. The root. Yeah, the root. Root in Lakewood. Great place.
0: (laughs) It is a great place.
2: And just based off of vibes, before hearing any of the music, before they heard me sing, we were like, "Oh my gosh, I know this is gonna work." Sick. And then the first practice, they were kind of not prepared for me to take charge a little bit. Okay. But they were totally cool with it. Okay. They were like, oh, she's got some, like, power there. Whoa, cool. You can't tell while I'm talking and (laughs) and, and nervous, but... Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, a little little more on the palate to work with, you know, when you came in here, so... Again, that's kind of how it got wound up. These two guys came up to the kung fu school to train a bit yeah. too, and so oh. that's how I met these gentlemen. It all and started we just the hit dojo. it off, Sick. started talking about tunes, playing yeah. some Sabbath.
1: Then I pulled a groin muscle, <laughs> and, then <laughs> <I was out laughs> and then I was out. You know,
3: <laughs> and so that's how we were grouped up, and we had started just, you know, snowballing tunes. We started the metal thing, and then when you know when he got locked out of town for the pandemic, we started doing a little thing and throwing something together, and then as soon as he got back. He stepped in with his element of it, and we were like, we need somebody. So, when when she got on board, her, you know, her, the dynamic of her voice was is not for backup, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean. So we had to kind of restructure some of the ideas to make sure that she's getting like enough of the attention and enough of the,
1: you know what I mean. You guys had that vibe already. You had the intention of you wanted to have some kind of female vocal, like Rick was saying, but they had already gotten um, somebody that that nico knew Issa, and she had she did a you know a couple things on one trick pony Mm. and uh very cool but you know definitely not committed to musician's lifestyle and she had other things going on so it wasn't this you know also when the first time we heard her uh, (laughs) she's saying we were kind of uh taken aback it was more like we were just like fucking blown away by her voice <laughs> it was so good man like, we we're just like dude we just fu- we just hit the lottery man like yeah. she sounds so good so you listen to a track like silent mess second one on uh, on magic suitcase you're just gonna hear the like she said like power like so nice and uh, uh, live too especially like she just cuts through everything else and is like sits like above everything kind of in the mix it's essentially
4: uh, another lead instrument that you know yeah. that added yeah. to the sonic palette and we really only started to begin to tap it. I think.
0: Was it well? So it's interesting because, like, with theater, right? You really gotta project. Yeah. And like the like you learn this whole like mode of doing that and breathing and like, uh,
2: oh yeah, you it? learn so to like breathe from your diaphragm, right. which is actually your stomach, but. <laughs> but uh, let me not get canceled for saying that <laughs> <laughs>
0: the uh, the 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 uh the vocals teachers are going to right. come right. out so of the for me. Pitchfork. but the thing is like most like most people that play don't think of it like that most like people that are doing their own music don't learn that bit or don't know what that means and like i think that's super important and that makes sense while you would come out and be like boom you know as opposed to just, like in the background and even now if we listen to a lot of music is much more breathier you know it's very yeah. tame and chill and like it's a different vibe but the diaphragm thing is where all that power comes from so oh yeah. like when you were doing theater like what were you doing what were some of the like the is, was this in high school or was this post yeah, high school, high school.
2: Okay. Um, I totally um, had to focus on working as soon as I got out of high school and yeah. then I had a daughter and, and that's been most of my life but um, yeah, in high school, I had like the the lead role in yeah. the last two years of high school. What was the play? What was the? Or the I musical? was Cinderella musical. in Cinderella, Ayy. and then oh, nice. I was Sandy in Grease, nice. which <laughs> was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious because I'm in my good Sandy costume, yeah, right. in the hallway backstage with one of the windows like propped open and i'm like smoking a cigarette out the window <laughs> in the high school dressed as good sandy who doesn't smoke cigarettes <laughs> But
1: yeah, for well sure. i was
2: re i was pre-cast as rizzo until i auditioned and then the the director was like oh whoops
1: <laughs> yeah they were like listen to that we can't waste that on a, on a side roll that's going right heads. to the lead
0: was like uh was Theater, like something you got into, like just through high school, was it like the the drama club that really appealed? I was
2: well. I had a, a dance mom, okay, and okay. that then translated to theater pretty young. That makes sense. And then she was a stage mom, and she actually did all the makeup and costumes and everything for the shows. So I had to do every show so that yeah, so that my mom could do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I finally branched out on my own after high school, it was like, you know, I don't know if theater is really, like, it for me. I think I want to be more musical, and I'm also a dancer, but the acting is less so.
0: <laughs> it's hard. It's a it's an interesting, like, headspace for acting and for, like, performing in a different way. Because, like, it's, like, uh, almost like you have to, like, embody someone else yeah like for acting but when you're doing just your own thing you're embodying yourself and like that's almost like more mysterious in a way because you don't know what that is that's ever changing if you're gonna be sandy sandy's written out you right know? but well and as a
2: child and a teenager like it's very comforting to have right. like that like okay this is who this person is because i don't know who i am yet i'm a kid i yeah i haven't figured out me but now that I'm a grown up and I like me, <laughs> you know, it's it's cool to be me.
1: It's like John Candy's like I, I like
0: me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know that's such a like during that time during high school, no one likes me. You know what right. I mean? Like you're just like I'm, and everyone is trying to figure that out, and it's the most like head bashing like time of anyone's life is trying to figure out what that is. I loved
1: high school actually. Yeah. Yeah and well i mean because the people that we hung out with were not there's like two or three people at each yeah. school that was kind of into the same music and listening to like underground counterculture shit whatever it was and back then n- none of this stuff was accepted like it is now now right. like these new generations are just like i don't care what you are i don't care what you do what who you like like we're just going to be cool with everyone like right. it wasn't like that when we were but so it was like uh, just a few of us and the rest was just like boneheads that ripped on us all yeah. the time but outside of that like you just go and hang out with your other friends from this other city and everyone kind of get together yeah and go to like coventry right um on the east side yes. that used to be a hangout yeah yeah just hang out and drink your coffee and <laughs> smoke cigarettes and i was like the all you could really do at that point but it was fun to be around people that were you know same mindset so outside of the constant hazing and bullying and all that bullshit that, you know, all the jocks kind of getting on top of people that, you know, the stoners, the yeah. geeks, people looked like the us, freaks you know? and geeks, basically, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> James Franco, <laughs> you know, but
4: to your point uh, about finding your identity, then that's, that's when a lot of people started picking up music, you know, right. so you know I'm going to be a musician. Cause like, that's like something you can latch on to You love it. And it's like, you can have that, that dream and that creative outlet. And, uh, you know, and cut out, then, out all the noise
0: right in like to build off what you're you you start to develop that bubble of who you are right like you start to know well, i like hanging out with these guys because they also know who iggy pop is and don't hate me you know what i mean like exactly uh, like exactly and yep. and no uh, as soon as you wear the shirt what up dude exactly yeah like, yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah, the, yeah the cores are like the like clearly we 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 click somewhere and that's like that's the magic thing about that, and you that's get it. yeah, that you was know? always yeah. like a
3: beacon <laughs> for, for like mindedness, you know, the band shirts,
0: right? You catch them from all the way across there, right, I right. What I mean, and that's one thing. One thing, I'm like that, always kind of like interests me. If someone's really influenced by someone, like we wear the shirts of the people we like, but when someone's like, like, uh, what's that band that sounds like Led Zeppelin? Uh, Greta Van Fleet. If You ask them about Led Zeppelin, they're like, oh, I don't know about Led Zeppelin. like. <laughs> <laughs> but like clearly you love zeppelin that's fine like, i love zeppelin hit. i know yeah. that much
1: <laughs> hey, hitting on two two things we talked about bauhaus and bowie they yeah. you know openly admit peter murphy's like uh, fucking david bowie was it for us right like he was the one that turned us on to want to do this so you know it goes back for every generation like in the guy you know bowie he was turned on by somebody in the fifties or something like Tom right. Petty. He was into like all that rockabilly stuff in the fifties. Yeah, got him keyed in to do what he wanted to do. So everybody's got that the thing. But yeah, but if you go, if you do, don't, don't try to deny it.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. that's that's part of you. Right? Your yeah. Influence if, if I were to say you. that,
3: like Mike Patton didn't influence a lot of the things and the vibes that I like to put into the music. That would that would you know, that'd be an incredible like almost like a slap in the face to the, his to his contribution to it. you know. Speaking I mean?
1: of Nico, I heard another influence the other day. Hey, cause you kept talking about these guys called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like you gotta connect with that. Oh. Definitely, from like the guitar and the and the vocals and stuff. I love those guys. Yeah, very that cool. checks out. <laughs> like
0: that, <not, not laughs> I'm hearing all of it. Like, it's checking out what I listen to. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're they're rad though. Oh, King Gizzard, awesome. like they put out like a stupid amount of records and like. Yeah, think,
3: those those guys are something else. Um, I think yeah. where are they out of? I don't know where they're out of. You know, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think, and I and I feel bad. I don't know, but th-
1: man. I have no idea.
3: But I know you want to see them when they come in town here because they're, they're always a good band. They're I have mean, you great seen Great live act. Yeah, I yeah? have.
0: They are. They are great. I think um I think they it's at the beachland. It was either this week coming up or p- last week. It was like a side project. Do you know wh- who was it? Like was it the drummer or someone? I can't remember. One of those guys was up there. Did you, you go? Know? I did not. Oh, okay, neither did I. But yeah. <laughs> it looks sick. <laughs> Um, it's funny that you bring it – so uh, I talked with uh, David J. from Bauhaus, and um, he uh, he was telling me this crazy story about – Bauhaus did this film with uh, uh, with Bowie where they're, like, all vampires Catherine or whatever.
1: Catherine Deneuve is, uh, the, he David Bowie had this awesome scene where he, he yeah, he's making a t- drink, and they, he's, no ice. Yeah. Yeah. That was like his first like cool role before Labyrinth. It was, was before Labyrinth. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm having the same kind of moment because we're passing around uh, Gandalf right now. So <laughs> just like Nico couldn't remember the King Gizzard where they're from, I can't remember the name of the movie, and everyone's gonna just roast me for it. But uh,
0: I can't. I I, I talked f- to David Jane. I can't remember right now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I can't believe I you should got fucking to remember take, this that right guy, now. he's cool as fuck, man. and he loves Cleveland shit. Um. But uh on that note, he was telling me this story about hanging out with Bowie on that film set, right? And, like, how, like, to kind of pull out the point of influence, he, like, he knew this harmonica sample that Bowie used on a, a tune. Like, he's like, is that from that? Like, th- the story, I'm going to butcher it. Uh, I'll sh- I'll share the thing. You should listen to it. But, like, uh, David Jay's is, like, in the green room, and Bowie's, like, dancing to this old, like, soul tune. And there's a harmonica in it. And, um... David J's back there, and, like, Bowie's just hanging out, dancing, like, whoa, how's it going, David J? You know, like, and, like, he's like, is that the one you used in uh, Low? And he's like, he just winks at him, <laughs> and, like, that's the whole, like, story, and I'm like, how do you even keep in mind that, that, could, that Bowie's music, when that's happening? I'd be, like, so, like...
4: That was before the copyright, you know, sample clearance I, I issues know. where you could well, just take whatever it, you wanted.
0: It was more of an influence bit. Like, I don't think he, like, direct written, Oh, he didn't actually he sample it. It's he good. played it, and you could tell it's from that phrasing. You okay, know what I mean? Like, got it. And, like, at least that's, yeah, that's the idea of it, you know? Um, but that's that goes back to how, like, incredible that tool is. And, like, to see it full, like, straight up. Did you look it up? What's the film?
1: the hunger the i can't hunger. believe i couldn't fucking remember <laughs> that but the,
0: so vampire-ish <laughs> the entire
1: the, yeah the intro to that movie is bauhaus playing bella lugosi's dead in its entirety right. like, like it just keep is like cutting back to him and they're like behind in there in his cage and right yeah right. and then they show a little bit of like katherine deniv and whoever else is in that flick besides bowie and then they're doing their thing, and they're getting ready, and it flashes back to Bauhaus again. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. so, so cool, man.
0: They was, and he's really into Peter Loeffner. Are you guys familiar with Peter Lofner? I am not. Uh, Cleveland singer, songwriter, guitarist. He was in a um, Rocket from the Tombs, which broke up and that became sounds... Perubu, and the other half became the Dead Boys. Okay, we
1: know Perubu. Oh, the right. Dead Boys. Okay, we well, know, I'm very well, familiar the with boys, them. But that was before <laughs> our time.
0: <laughs> right, right. So, like, uh, and he died, like, at 24 or something. Like, he died super early, and like, he was responsible for bringing punk to Cleveland. Like, he would go out to New York and, uh, would, like, he that's, he they set up the show Television Played back in the day that started yeah, that whole, like, cool. trend. Yeah. So, uh, Peter Loffner, definitely someone to check out. I was trying to do oh, a shit. whole, like, audio oral history with a bunch of people that knew him, and I got a lot of cool people to talk about him. But, like, um, just interesting stuff. Like, now, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Adele Bertet, Are you familiar with her? She was in the no. Contortions, and, like, she was a backup singer for so many other bands. But she uh she put out a book called uh, Peter and the Wolves, and it kind of is his life story through her memoir, and, like, she had a big to-do with putting out this box set of Peter Lofner's like, acoustic music. and It's really badass. Anyway. Look
1: at so wait, so he was in Perubu?
0: Yes, at okay. the very beginning. Okay. Like, okay. he was on a... And he died before I think they like put out their whole first record. But before he was in a Final Solution. He plays guitar on that. Okay. And like um and like whatever. There, it's such a like interesting toxic. Wait, like Final
1: Solution as a track. Yes. D- Peter Murphy covered that. Yes. Is that their track that he
0: covered? I think so. Yeah.
1: What a crazy like dude, uh, pair, the amount of intertwined right, like shit that's right. going on with that pair Ubu is such a weird it's like, like a fucking goth podcast right now. It's awesome. Right,
0: well that's that's fine. I definitely <laughs> yeah. that influences oh, on this uh, on these re- on these releases. I want to say like it's interesting because like uh, pair Ubu is like such a weird band. When you listen to them, you're like, how can anyone like this? But the more you get into it, you're like, whoa, this is really cool. And then you meet the, you listen to interviews of the guy. You're like, "Wow, David uh, Thomas is a really grumpy guy. How can anyone like this?" You know what I mean? Like, because he is. He is a grumpy guy, but he's a real like uh, new, uh, like specific thinker. It's grumpy you know?
1: like our sound guy two shows ago. No, <laughs> uh,
0: I don't want to ask where, but no, I no, do. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 We're just joking. Yeah, no. um. Have you hold on uh, no, I know I want to stay on that it notion it of going. sound guys being maybe grumpier in <laughs> Cleveland. Um, <laughs> have you noticed that is that a thing you've guys noticed because yeah, yeah. I noticed as soon I as mean. we played in like Detroit like 2019 like we were getting such nice sound people like what is going on? Like extra nice. Like Oop. the people here are nice. We Oop. have never had a mean sound person in Cleveland. Yeah, we I get think.
3: a pretty I I think as much as being nice goes, you know, everybody's been pretty nice. It's you know competency is really more of a question sometimes <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah if you g- come
0: to negative space i'll be your sound guy and i'll be less competent i'll tell you that uh, right uh, now <laughs> i'm not gonna bullshit you <laughs> like, i'm a guitar guy <laughs> but, ag-
3: but again it's it, it's it's kind of one of those kind of fly by your seat type of things too yeah. in, in in the element of it i don't want to say it's always fun but it it does give you kind of that approach where you have to kind of you know, uh, you know how much is going to be invested in taking our hands. You know, having Brian having the Mackey back there and mixing yeah. it all back there. Or are we going to be able to, you know, let somebody kind of do their job? And hey, so it's Taylor. It's yeah, Taylor. Taylor, <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, Taylor, who's Brian. But you know what I mean. Sometimes it'll come back to bite you, and then sometimes it won't. But it's it's like a learning experience. No, I guess. that's that's
1: we. Yeah, he's talking about. We just played a show two uh, two nights ago this Friday at uh, the Zephyr Pub in Kent, which, by the way, places just amazing it's a dumb spot the sound is is incredible the people that run it and work there are really super cool they're like you know lgbtq friendly like they're just really really cool space uh very accepting and everyone just kind of hangs out but uh yeah we submixed the entire show we sent yeah two channels to the main board and we have you know uh we have our, the, the, all the synthesizer stuff we're doing. We got our, you know, some backing tracks. We have a, a lot of live synth, live drum pads. Uh, and then, like, all four of us sing. So if we get, you know, we have a lot of adjustments to make. And if, you know, hey, we got to hand control off to somebody you don't know and they don't know what we sound like, it's cool if they try to do a good job. And th- maybe they don't quite hit the mark. But then, like, to what Nico's saying, you know, sometimes... You can get either or or both where a guy is just like right. he's dialed out. He does not care and, and or incompetence of just not knowing what to do with the band. that sounds like we do, right, which is, right. we know we're not your every day. Hey, come in, you know, Mike, the drum kit. And, you know, yeah, you guys would definitely uh-huh. be a bit extra, like, <laughs> which is
0: which is all right when you're trying to. Well, that's what you do, you know, and like I think doing that you're always going to have to carry a little bit of your own load in that way. You know, you're always going to have to like be a little bit more on top of that. Just because if you want your bit to sound right, you got to go extra. Like I have a buddy who does a bunch of looping stuff um, out of Ann Arbor. No, no, Grand Rapids. And like, th- and I do a bunch of like when my band can't play, I'll do a looping version of it. Like we were talking about earlier. And like, so nice. watching what he does, he brings a whole mixer. He has outs from that. And I'm like, fuck i need to start doing that because <laughs> i'll get i'll get shit where people are like i can't hear the drums i'm like my my looper doesn't have two splits i don't know what to do you know what i mean like i'm stuck with with that you know what i mean and like and yeah, that's fine it, you
3: make a good point though you when you say i'm stuck with that a lot of the times the limitations are based on what these individuals have to work with as two. well yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like if we show up at a place and like we got a pa system and like Two, three of the XLR inputs aren't even working; they're taped off. You know, this guy's <laughs> this guy's trying to get us through ones that are actually going to make us sound good. So they yeah. i mean—they're doing their best too, which, right? You know, right. I understand.
0: Oh yeah, and it's it's totally Sometimes. like, like, like uh, I'll I'll run sound at Negative Space a lot, right? And like, it's a nonprofit, so all our gear has been non-profited, right? You know what I mean? So that means like for a while, as audio guys, you'll you'll understand the absurdity um, from the main. Uh, the main uh, outs from the board, which was a PVE powered he- powered mixer, to a uh, snake, um, and then to the speakers, right to the main outs from that powered mixer, which had an amp to the. The speakers on stage The cables that ran that Went from speaker cables To instrument cables To bigger speaker cables To smaller instrument cables Which is why those speakers Uh, Blew the uh, fuck uh, up uh, (laughs) I had nothing to do with that But I would not (laughs) Like let's buy Let's spend (laughs) 400 bucks And get the right cables yeah, Because that definitely Toasted those
3: Could you imagine What that frequency shift Would have looked like on paper When that thing was happening
0: It would be drunk (laughs) (laughs) Like and it was but it lasted for like two years and like
4: <laughs> it's kind of punk rock it's punk <laughs> as fuck
0: yeah.
3: uh but why, why are in the old you know the guys in brooklyn why are in the old uh you know the Four channels and the PAs up to the lampposts, you know what I mean? So they could get the power, like whatever gets the job done. We did a right. show off of a lamppost really? uh, yeah, well, yeah. this summer. Yeah. See, that's yeah, the real yeah, deal yeah, yeah, right yeah. there. No, um, no,
1: let, let Rick tell it. Okay, yeah, let's we, hear a so we sho- story. we showed up to play this place la- that we just played on Friday in yeah. September for the first time. We'd never okay. been there, didn't know anybody, but it was Oktoberfest yeah and it was lit i mean all of downtown kent is just buzzing and so we're starting to load in and we are starting to set up and we set up and then what happened i mean it was
4: outdoor patio uh and we were first because we have always the most gear we we get there the earliest because we got to unload and set up and we're like there's nowhere to plug in here everywhere you look around there's no outlets on the sides of the buildings or anything uh I think we asked asked the girl that was kind of helping us at one point. And she's like, "Oh, when the sound guy gets here, you'll plug into the lamppost." And you know, sure enough, uh, there yeah. was some secret hatch behind the lamppost yeah, opened yeah. up, ran a ran what three right, or four everything. surges off of there. Yeah, everything, everything feeding everything. into that amps. Into everything.
1: This like city. <laughs> I mean, it must have had, like, a massive amount of amp because, I mean, we had, like, you know, multiple subs and a PA yeah. and then, like, all our stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's not crazy, crazy, but it's but enough still, to crazy, plug into you one think? joint. You know? that's,
0: yeah, that's, that's fucking wild. Um, it's, it, you know, like, uh, uh, there's this band called Full Service from Austin, Texas. Are you guys familiar?
1: Uh, no, but I love that name. That name is fantastic. They are so <laughs>
0: badass. They, like, they did this thing they would call takeover shows. So they would go play, plug into a lamppost, right, or plug into somewhere else or bring a generator, and they would just play in the parking lot until they got kicked out, right? So, and they did a whole tour, and there's a documentary on Venmo, Vimo, Vimo, what's the other one? Uh, Not YouTube, Vimo? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Vimeo, 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 um, called the Takeover Tour, where they they followed Snoop Dogg and 311, and they would play in the parking lot. And like spoilers, they get the open form eventually, but because they did that, right? You know, like it's so fucking cool. But that's like it's crazy, like very cool. To put in the out the outdoor uh, element like that, like you know, you spend so long like to go back and to talk about like perfecting the sound in the like official, like not the official, but the uh, the artificial, me, artificial environment. You know, to make it work, right? In, in, you spend so long working to make this thing the best it can be there. And then when you take it completely out to a completely different environment, it's so, it's so like, yeah. What do you, like, it's a whole nother monster, right? Every, every
4: room has its own sound, let alone then you take away all the walls and the ceiling.
0: Right. Well, just even like the perception, like, you know, you spend so long in putting the bill together and putting the bands and like making sure it works and like, like you take that DIY punk band playing the venues where the mics are blown out always, and like it sounds like they're heavier than they are almost, and, and you put them in a in a room with like a PA that can handle it, and you're like it's not as heavy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's something too learning to adapt to those environments.
1: There's a really cool old video of Fugazi playing outside yeah. in DC in the middle of winter. Was it? Yeah, the I think it's on YouTube.
0: Um, was it a political rally? Maybe yeah, yeah. Or something? So was it the Rock Against Racism?
1: Maybe. Okay. Was, I, yeah, I don't know what it was, but, like, you can just, like, I can't believe how good it sounds just from, like, the shit bootleg sound. You right. Know? Like, man, like, how do you get it to sound like that? But we, we I think we sounded pretty good when we did it, but, uh, yeah, like you say, like the DIY stuff, um, going from, ve- you know, venue to venue, everything kind of sounding different. Uh, the punk rock thing could be uh, challenging. Right. <laughs> it, well, it's you know?
0: interesting. We had um, Ian McKay with... Uh, I saw evens. that. I
1: actually saw that, and I wanted to ask you about that. That's fucking crazy. You got to you got to interview. Oh that yeah, guy. that too. That's oh yeah, we'll put a pin in that. You, I meant we had
0: really? them at uh, at Negative Space for the evens oh, before yeah. their uh, before now that are Ricky, um, and they brought everything. They brought the stage. They brought the the PA. They brought everything, and they, they we had a stage, you know, and they didn't want to play on it. Like we had to move the stage into the annex. Like they used the platform lift, but they didn't use anything else. They brought all their own stuff. So, uh, it, you, right? Like it's like, fuck. That. That's got to. Then you got to pull out merch or whatever else you need. Like, which I'm sure they didn't have because that's what Ian Mackay would do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. But
4: um. they right, I charge you five bucks for the shirt, which would be
0: cool. <laughs> right. Right. But. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then like. Uh, following up with that lead is when like I, I, I talked with Ian that was another guy I like bugged for like a year he'd just be like let's do this day I'm like what about t- uh, does this work and he'll be like oh hit me up in another month and like it was just yeah. email tag but it yeah, was yeah. cool as fuck like fuck yeah, very, and he uh, he was just going in like I asked him about the that album he did with uh, what's his name Al from Ministry um, Palehead, <laughs> Palehead. Yeah. yes yeah. Palehead and like I don't know, We it's got it. A, it's a fucking dope record. Oh yeah, I will refuse
1: record. is uh yeah classic. Yes, yeah, that's a badass tune.
4: We used to try to cover that in our one of our high school punk rock bands, right? Hell yeah. Yeah, and then we
1: tried to come back to it too when we were living in uh, well, I was living in uh, Long Island City, and uh, and Rick was living down in Crown Heights in Brooklyn, and I would take the train, off, like a fucking hour, man, with like four transfers, to go down. I'd uh. uh and just play for a little bit in his little tiny apartment this yeah. two bedroom in the second room where like the roommates would come and like pound on the door real quick but we tried to. No, that was the other apartment. Oh, is that the other apartment? The Crown Heights <laughs> one.
4: People were cool because it was in a like a West, oh, Indy, oh, West right. Indies West right. Indies neighborhood. You're right. Like you're right. So there were just Jamaican dudes corrected. with yeah. reggae sound systems. hell uh, <laughs> you know, yeah! On Saturdays, <laughs> yeah. would take you're it out right. to the lawn and blast it. So yeah, I I could have place. a drum kit in my apartment in New York City and play, and nobody said anything. It was crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was insane. Uh, that was the first one. And the second, he moved after that to in Park Slope, and that was the one where it was just like. Da, 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 da. we got that a lot too uh, and yeah. when we lived in the city in yeah. chinatown yeah we had some like you know yuppie couple lived on uh, <sighs> stairs be, from us yeah that'd nobody be downstairs we lived yeah. on an, uh, top of an egg warehouse okay i'm just gonna leave that there and you think about what that means and uh you know 7 a.m guys with forklifts like yeah. just getting crates <clears throat> of eggs out yeah. from underneath where we lived. it's so weird man i, I guess it was restaurant supply or something but yeah middleman but uh, same thing. They'd come down every we we're just DJing. No right. live drum kit, no nothing, nothing. Huh. Da, 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 da. Hey man, uh <laughs> my husband has to get up early for work. Can you, you know, tone it down? Uh-huh. That whole vibe. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. not not good. That's but uh that was going somewhere
0: with uh the bass and the oh palehead. So we palehead. used to play palehead. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So when we were doing that, that's what was well, it? Yeah, no, Ian was super cool, and one thing that blew me away with talking with him was like during that whole conversation, I edited a lot of it out, but he would be answering like he was constantly going. He'd be like, Dave, hold on, and would walk away, be like, Yeah, 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 okay, I'm back. And like, but he, when he was there, he was full attentive, you know, like, and someone that busy and doing that much for that long, completely on their own, and like, diet, like we were talking about t shirts, you know, like to dive into that specific thing, like, okay, now pre-internet you gotta worry about making like vinyl sleeves and worry about like um like the distribution like gee there's well, so much subdivision within one's mind yeah. to be able to handle all of that
4: i mean didn't he start discord yeah the record label so yeah he had, yeah. To, he had to do everything
0: right? for he even for know. bands that weren't him but you yeah. know that was the communal sense that he really wanted to do the document everything and like but, like, but that's, that's just to figure out someone else's whole other idea. Be able to get it. Like, if we look at the Magic Suitcase record, just even what you have for the album cover and how it fits and, like, what it printed out. I don't know if you guys designed this exactly or reached out to somebody. Uh,
3: we had a, a gentleman that, that takes classes also up to Kung Fu School. His name's Michael Jewell. Um, he's a de- he's a he's a designer. He does amazing work. So we yeah. reached out to him, and he worked out something to us that kind of went above and beyond our expectations. So we were really happy with we that. We just
1: gave him an idea, you know, right. about you know what might be in there. Maybe there's some light emanating, yeah, kinda, and Magic. I mean, you know, obvious. Uh, know correlation to uh pulp fiction right you know yeah the suitcase is glowing and he's like what's in what's in the case (laughs) kind of vibe yeah yeah, yeah, he's like yeah i can't tell you i can't give it to you (laughs) you know he shows it to him that kind of thing. But it could be that, but it could be something else. It could be dongs and ticklers. <laughs> <It> could, <laughs> you don't but <Well, laughs> that's don't the know thing. What's in there.
0: The, the, just the the to get the thirty six uh, three sixty uh, pixels per inch, whatever, just all the specific nonsense knowledge you need to do the one thing you want to do is is already enough. And then to worry about new distribution, right? So what what's the way the users does, you know, like there's so many other things and to be doing that Back in the day when it was all like yeah, there that's was what's no so internet, incredible. you couldn't exactly. email
3: these things back and forth to you know what I mean. Snail if, you, mail. Yeah, if you wanted to have flyers nah, made nah, or this nah. or that, you were gonna have to physically go yeah. to these places, get uh, some, something sent to your P.O. box yeah. to pick up or something, you know. Yeah, it's and word of mouth, everything's right. word
1: of mouth, right? You gotta know somebody turns you on to a band you didn't know about, you know. The first time you heard Nirvana, it wasn't MTV, it was like. Right. Somebody is like, dude, you should come check these guys out. Or Jane's Addiction. They're playing Peabody's.
0: Right. Like, (laughs)
1: uh, they're blowing up as you're talking about it. They're becoming, like, the biggest, coolest underground band. And, like... They're playing like a small joint like that. Yeah, I, I recommend. I highly recommend a uh, show. I, t- I, I told all the rest of the guys in the band. I think it's on Epics. I don't know where else you can see it. It's co- it's just called Punk. Yeah, and it's a four part documentary. Yeah,
0: yeah. I saw uh, they have like Iggy Pop in it. It's they had a, they have Iggy everyone. Iggy Pop. In it. And yeah. I I I'm I've only found John part two. Like for some reason YouTube's like, hey, here's part two. I'm like, why can't I find the rest? Oh <laughs> no,
1: it's really good. And I mean, they got everybody. Yeah. all those guys. From back in the day, that kind of set that um, is Mike Watt self-sustaining, in it self sustaining. uh, Everybody is in it. Okay. I don't. Mike Watt's not in it. No, okay. I don't think. But I or mean, is
0: Dave Grohl in it? I'm trying to think of my and Henry Rollins. Those are the three documentary checkoffs you have to have. All those, yeah. <laughs> Rollins, of course. Rollins, yeah. <laughs> Hell
1: yeah. Uh, you know, Greg in from Bad Religion, and then like the guys from like bands that we didn't like uh, necessarily, like No Effects and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, wasn't really our cup of tea, but. They started with the New York stuff and Blondie and all that stuff and hip hop and all that. You know, England, Sex Pistols, and then they moved on to, like, once they got to that second or third episode of, uh, the third episode, I think, talking about Black Flag. Yeah. You know, all those guys coming up, Circle Jerks, and that early 80s, you know, punk movement. But everything was done by, like... They'd have to write letters to each other right. and say, like, this is the place to stay, this is the place to play. This guy is cool. If you play this club, we'll get you in, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's amazing what it is now with like internet. It's uh, oh well,
0: yeah, it's so much more. But the the poly- I guess the point being is that determination and that like will that willingness to learn that nonsense to do it right and to do it. It had to be so impactful that this guy's still doing it. You know what I mean? And like, it's he—he's got this whole spiel about like you don't go back to listen to music from the '40s in the '80s. No one's being like, dude, check out um, uh, whatever big band. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're a specific type of jazz guy, right? But like, so many people go back to Discord and Minor Threat and Fugazi, like till today, and it's equally as like, boom. You know what I mean? Like, and that music's. A little over forty years old now. Like
3: Oh, look at bands like Blue Cheer and Sabbath right, and you know what I mean? Right. Like Mat the bands like that that have I mean, all these other bands just all these years, even without themselves knowing it, are taking influence through their music. And I mean you're talking this music's going on sixty years old or somehow. I mean it's, yeah. it's amazing that the you know, the sand how it just ripples through the sands of time and how their commitment still shows now, you know. Right.
0: Definitely, definitely, and that's what's I don't. That's what uh, blows my mind about that guy. I guess if that's all, <laughs> I was trying to spiel in one weird sentence. That's what it would be. It seems like a lot of those guys just
1: stuck with it and never quit. And now, like they're all still, you know, they're like what in their late fifties, early sixties, and right. all that. And everybody likes to joke around about you know Rolling Stones and all that stuff. But like, I think most, it's pretty awesome to see. Right. You know, most of the. Guys, that you grew up watching and listening to, still they're still going, it. and they're just they're just gonna keep going. Well, why would you quit if that's your job? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna? That's yeah. all. It's also it your passion. Kids, kids too. That's right, right. right. all they
3: know. It's who they are. You know.
1: Like G Three is saying. You know, you start off. <laughs> and I got this thing, and I'm doing this, and I'm gonna stick. I'm just gonna take that the whole way. It's like identify m- with it, and
0: right. Well, that and that that you discover that's you, right? You discover that thing you do. And, like, those guys prove that, like, there's kind of this facade that there's this age limit to it. But, like, Mike Watt still comes through, like, every, until COVID. It was, like, every year. I know I can see Watt at the grog shop. I know. And, like, he drives the van. He sleeps in the van before the gig. Gets out. Oh, what a sound man. You know what I mean? Like, like he's there doing it. And, like, that's badass. Like, that guy's showing that that is there is no limit to it. And you can make as far out music as some of Watts' stuff is, you know what I mean? And it's still, as long as you, perseverance will equal success no matter what it is. And I'm sure, like, it's interesting. You guys got this cool, like, you got to start Dojo Records, can I like you got to start something with this because it's it seems like a lot from this karate school is growing into a very beautiful creative community. Well, you know, it's
3: kind of like the smokescreen. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of like we can able pull pull resources from whatever elements we can in life to be able to throw things together. You know, but I'll be honest, the uh, you know uh, vanilla phase is is such an outlandish project. You know what I mean? It it's like well. This is where the school stops and where the band starts <laughs> because we'll leave you off at this track and like you know what I mean because this is where I stop and then this is where Nico you know Nico picks up the torch and does and does his thing you know what I mean but it's been it has been a really neat resource again I wouldn't I wouldn't have met these gentlemen I wouldn't I we wouldn't have G three yeah you know so. Um, we we've been really lucky just to have that yeah that that little common thing that's you know going on and even when I'm not around the school's functioning for itself right. too so people are making connections.
0: Well, and like that's such a the communal hub to some degree. You know, it's always moving wherever y- if you're in it. But to have one is so cool, and one that encourages self improvement. You know what I mean? Like any type of martial art is like that kind of dedication and that discipline, like mindset, and like clearly it's going to have a bunch of different creatives funneling through it at one point.
3: Oh, absolutely. We have some of the most amazing, intelligent people that that come to the school. Dojo Records! It's the best part of, um, it's the best part of being an instructor is the people that you meet that's that's it yeah.
0: does the room sound good like let's let's make this a thing oh, like, tell, tell them about uh, tell them I'm about sick. underwater
1: tell them about there's a track on uh on the on the, on oh, the yeah, record should, here
0: let's 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 talk about the magic suitcase let's dive into it because like well it's uh, totally
1: wait. it's totally connected
0: yeah all right let's do this underwater what's what's it got to do with the
1: what's it? yeah the <laughs> school
0: The school.
4: so there's a sample in the chorus
0: of, of uh <laughs>
4: of, of <laughs> underwater it. It, it was it was one of the songs i sort of Brought to the table when it was just us two working before he got back up and you know getting it up and running and I was like for the chorus I want people to say hey you know yeah um and wanted it to sound really big so so uh, Nico was like well uh-huh. let's uh let's go down to the school and you know uh, yeah before class we'll just get the whole group to yell hey so you know little Tascam stereo yeah yeah recorder
0: oh yeah
3: thirteen uh-huh. voices were a lot better than having just a couple and then uh-huh. we were able to really. Yeah.
0: You That's know, so sick. It. You got it. A dojo record, man. Like, it might already exist. You might have to come it up with something. It probably doesn't. You know, and yeah. it has to.
3: And you know, uh Sunroof Records, you know, it we find that pretty appealing and it's got its own it's got its own fun to it too. The old, yeah,
1: uh, nothing there's no good references no. for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Everything yeah, just it's goes all greasy. Right down the sea, yeah. yeah. Right down the drain. Man. Yeah. So
0: the kind of di- the the concept of this record coming from that pulp fiction type of what's in the box situation, like reading through it i found like it really interesting because typically what i do is i'll listen to whatever anyone sends me before looking into anything about the like the artists or whatever just to get a uh, a blind listen and like not have any like kind of mindset going into it and like when uh, like when you you guys hit me up and when i listen to the record i'm like this is fucking sick. Like, I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect it. I was like, this is so fucking cool. Like, you hear electronic band and like, you don't really know what to think, but this is like, this is on point. Like, well, like I appreciate that. And like, it's really fucking cool. And then like, I think I went backwards. I think I went from the, n- not the magic suitcase, but a one trick pony until magic suitcase and then revisited the singles. And like I was saying before, it was super cool to see you guys grow until magic suitcase. And like, this, like, every track's completely different, and it's a different narrative, and, I like, reading the idea of, like, oh, what's in the case? So, like, okay, that makes sense why it's so all over the place. But it's still, like, is really well thought out and very, like, um, it's... N- y- some of the things that seem so kind of sporadic are really, wi- with any type of art, are the most intentional things. Yeah, we try to know? take kind of a
3: cinematic approach to, to, to the writing, you know what I mean? And so then I think that kind of, like creates its own tone you
0: know Def- so what like with with writing for vanilla phase what's like that project uh, what's that like because everyone's like a jack uh, a different uh, i forgot the name of it. swiss army knife of musician you know everyone's got different bits that they're coming into with what is like a typical writing like we're working on this look like
1: well rick rick could break it down for the early parts when i wasn't here you know he had he'd, he'd You know, just been continuing to do a bunch of stuff on his own, just make beats and all that stuff. So a few of those in the beginning, even after I got back up here, you know, beats that he had dusted off. And, you know, hey, what about this one? And we just have, like, a root, and then we kind of just build from there. It's a drum beat, or it's a drum beat and a bass line. And, you know, we just build on that. And that, I mean, that whole first record was before this one, before Magic Suitcase. It's pretty much almost done when I just got out of here, and I just like tweaked a guitar and you know, okay, uh, messed with some levels and stuff like that. But as we kind of started to sit down and uh, pass the pipe and just kind of let the natural you know energy kind of dissipate, you know, just like yeah. flow out and see what happens. Uh, it all, I mean, obviously, Nico has. Um, ideas that he brings in before sometimes like yeah. i want the theme of bills to pay or like you're talking about the kind okay. of content of well w- what's a sporting man rule well, if you read the lyrics all the lyrics are on uh, on our band camp by the way uh they're not on the disc but they're on a band camp so you can kind of get an idea of where they're trying to take it from that aspect from yeah you know from lyrics and concept but the writing of the songs uh once we all three started to sit down you know we he you know nico might have a little guitar riff and he's like i want to put this and uh, you know, what happens a lot is he he wanted to have it like funky sound and like this cool like upbeat thing and uh, you know rick and i all just smoke way too much <laughs> and it just gets slowed down <laughs> and uh, the beat <laughs> just kind of drags out and gets wide and uh but like you said um there is a lot of uh, we do a lot of things with intention once uh the kind of the core of a track is down. Like okay. say we have like a couple of synth parts, of strings and the bass and the uh, the drums. We start to put samples like we we're talking about yeah. William S. Burroughs or uh-huh. you know little other dialogue snippets or little sound effects hits and things like that. Yeah, very uh, very intentional.
0: So <laughs> yeah, well yeah, clearly like that's and that's what I mean. Most of these things people perceive as like uh, as random or nonsensical are very much the opposite. You know what I mean? And I think that's just like a, a reflection of people. We're all kind of random and nonsensical unless you know the person. Like, the the thing that there's a thrash metal band making, like, hip-hop beats in the basement, you know, doesn't make sense unless you know those people. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and that's just a musical term. Now you add different, like, oh, and they also like Star Wars, but appreciate uh, the Princess Diana. I don't know. Like, you just, random shit. People are just random things, and we reflect random things. But, once you know the narrative of the person, it's not. It's very intentional. You know what I mean? Like, it totally makes sense that, like, um, whatever, you know, like, well, but it's knowing that, and it's taking the extra mile to look beyond the absurdities. Um, not that I'm getting absurd from you guys, but you know what I mean? But, like, when it comes... I, I to, hope like, you do. Yeah, we, yeah. We're,
4: <laughs> I, I would like to describe us as absurd. <laughs> yeah. If, if we're addressing our, ska- our stage gear right now, you would definitely uh, pick up some absurdity.
0: So, okay, like... <laughs> But once the, core, once the frame's there, it sounds like, is right when the intention starts, right? Yeah, the I mean, you rhythmic can speak frame to frame
1: He did, the you know, a lot of, half the songs we did were, were beats that were already done, so... Right, okay.
0: But um,
4: I, I wouldn't say done, because, you know, you, you bring an idea to the table, whether it's I bring a beat, or, uh, you know, Nico brings some lyrics, or G3 brings a melody, or Paco brings something, and you put it on the table, and then you start working with it you know with the group and it usually becomes something that you didn't picture in the beginning like right and right. you might have pictured a direction it was going to go but somebody took it another way and it ends up being fuller and better um most of the time you know
1: super organic the way it
0: happens you know yeah. well when it's like a, a thing like that where everyone's coming in it has to be you know like if you, if you try to control too much of that like unless you present it pretty much done you know what i mean like you can't really like unless you have. Here's a song, and like, where, where, where do we take it now? That's the type of thing. But like, if it's like a beat, it can be. Everyone's gonna hear that differently. Hear what? And that's coming from whatever your main is. Being a Swiss Army knife of musical approaches, you know, like someone's gonna think of a jazz line, like our trumpet line, being more airy and breathe. Like, where at a more staccato instrument, like I don't know, a thumb piano is gonna be very like, duh, duh, duh you know. I so also
3: think it's it's really important not only for the product, but that the the expression from each individual, like having that out there like right. is, is an important element because when we come down here to do what we like to do the most, we want to make sure that everybody's being expressive as they can, getting their stuff out on the table right? so that, you know, it, it's one thing when someone has one idea for a project and then everybody's on board. But if if, if everybody's going to be cohesive and work with each other, you know, it's it, that becomes, you know, I, uh, the most fun of the project is, yeah. like like he said, taking some type of format of idea and then watching it alter based on the expression of someone else that's, you know, getting involved.
0: Definitely. And, like, wha- th- as a person who's involved in that project, if my voice gets to be heard and portrayed on it, portrayed on it, like, yeah, like – I care about that way more than if oh, I just played some bass on it. It's whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: You have a more of an ownership over it. Right. It's it's more yours. You identify with it more The more. Of course, the more that you're going to be inside of the track,
0: you know. And as a band, you, f- I feel like when my band, when we contribute more to a thing and I'm getting more feedback from a thing that I threw on the table and taking more of, like, their influence with it. Like, okay, you want only three of those? All right, I don't care. Like, let's do it. And, like everyone gets more like emotionally involved with their creativity. Like I feel better about them feeling about or about what we did. You know right. what I mean? Like as opposed to like just one thing and like, that's cool. That's cool that it's like a loose leaf. Like, so does the concept come after like you have like, uh, it, I, I saw that smile. Does the concept come pre or post?
1: <laughs> that's a great question, man. That's a fantastic question. Cause Nico and I have like had many a conversation about, uh, you know preferences in that regard and where you know I came from writing um, concept is always after okay tune first yeah lyrics I, I never tried I never matched lyrics to something okay uh, for the most part I'd have a song and then I'd like for that band pra- uh, fragment that I mentioned earlier or any other band and I just you know we write a bass line and, and guitar. And all that, and then at the end, somebody would come in and throw the lyrics on top. Nico <laughs> yeah. has a different approach, yeah, and I it's, it's really awesome like, though.
3: It's just that I, I have like a, like an idea or a concept as far as um, emotionally or thematically, and then that idea is a lot of times what'll what'll drive the idea for for the sound of it. Okay. you know what I mean. So I'm yeah. kind of pulling it for the other way. Where and then and so and so, I think that way where at first for us was a kind of a point of divergence. I think we're able to now start to really kind of like meld those, that kind of those two why perspectives don't you t- guy, Why
1: don't you tell him about Sporting Man and Bills to Pay? And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, those like are the ones that were like that. They started off as concepts yeah. in his head.
3: Yeah. Sporting Man, again, were just like, I think of these little, you know, a little hook and then a story, you know, the story yeah. was about, you know, a down on his luck. Male stripper, you know what I mean, named Pubic Zirconium, you know <laughs> what I mean? That's, that's, so that's bills to yeah. pay. Yeah, yeah, uh, bill, yeah. yeah bills yeah. to pay, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, bills <laughs> to pay. Uh, you know, and just, you know, she's just wrapping this whole idea about an individual who's just trying to, you know, make ends meet and then, you know, find somebody who's, you know, trying to keep them in line. And, you know, and so uh, again, snowballing these ideas gives me sonically like little sounds that i like whether well, it might be a hook or a little vocal thing and i try to do my best when little ideas are coming not to like stitch it too tight together yeah. especially now the first few tracks that we wrote when we brought th- when i brought a few of the ideas to to rick they were kind of a little more set already but now with us being involved in everything you know it's easier to leave those open frames where it's like okay i got this kind of idea but we've been trying to approach it for both ends trying to do it from a foundation start the songs from scratch someone has an idea so it's yeah. just trying to find that balance with yeah.
4: to me That's as a same. producer i like to you know, just keep your ears open because a good idea can come from anywhere right. it could it could be lyrics it could be a vocal melody it could be a, a cool drum pattern or a line. so if it's a good idea um just you know keep keep pursuing it um and whatever comes first the chicken or the egg who yeah who cares I to me?
2: Can I mention my idea? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I had the idea because there was a cover that they were messing around with and then the first time I heard it, I just started like vocalizing over the initial intro and it was totally nothing like, because I had never heard the song before, it was nothing like the song at all. And so we were like, that's totally new. And I'm like, why don't we sample that? Yeah. Like, would you just sample, like, because we always use s- original things and samples. What if we used an original sample?
4: Right.
0: Because so we're
2: going to, that's going to be our, like, next project.
0: What was yeah. the, what was the cover initially? Was so it uh, Wild
1: Bill?
4: No, Get Down Saturday
1: Night.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Oh, yeah so. there's a so- the song uh yeah in ex machina where they're dancing
3: it's oliver Cheadle. yeah, yeah,
1: oliver Cheadle. yeah. yeah get
4: down <laughs> saturday night and uh yeah and we would play it you know as an instrumental it was actually you know i, I would play live drums on it and and uh pocket would play bass and nico play guitar and you know she'll just come up with these incredible vocal melodies that aren't the melody from the song but uh so the idea it, you know, uh, I mean, a voice is another instrument, just like a, a keyboard or anything. And hers right. is, you know, will pull out the windows if, if you wanted to. So, well, cool. so we could sample that and loop it and, uh, and, yeah, and sing on top of that.
0: But that's you know, that's that's kind of like good times. But you know, by uh, she like it's like taking something that's known and completely forgetting what it is, putting something else on top of it. Um, that had to be was that weird coming from like a. Th- theater background where it's all pretty like pre-planned you know like kind of theater and classical and like the kind of academic realm of music is pretty like to the sheet and then they're like oh yeah you should improv and you're like what um i've learned nothing about this well and
2: so a big part of theater like before you ever get on the stage yeah. when you first meet all the people you're doing the show with is you play improv games Oh, so l- and for like one of the one of my favorite memories from actually a straight theater production, not a musical at all, the only one I ever did, um, was there was a whole chunk of scene that yeah. got skipped because the waiter had all these really similar lines, and he said the wrong phrasing of a line, and we ended up skipping a ton of scene, and I had to like improv and. Like kind of journalize and report the missed part of scene right. when it was my turn to say something, and so improv like saved the scene. So that's always been a very important part of okay. theater.
0: Maybe um, I, uh, maybe I should be more specific, like music, the musical aspect and of it. For
2: musical aspect of it, it there, there's always in rehearsal. There's make a strong choice. Okay, we're always told to make a strong choice and that's do something that's you, that you think the character would do, not that you've mm. seen someone else do with the right. character. Um, and so, yeah, there's always, there's always a bit of putting yourself into it. Okay, that that's cool. That I've that's taken cool. to yeah now I- be... If it's been
3: difficult for her to improv, it's you certainly haven't been able to tell. <laughs> right, but <you> know? that's <laughs> what, you know, I,
0: uh, knowing a lot of people that kind of come from classical and more academic backgrounds, they have trouble doing that. Like we have these kids that have run this Mike and I in Berea that are all BW students, and they came in with like their o ob- like a cello and like a, a clarinet and violin, and it's a bar band, you know. It's mostly the the attire, and they would come up and they would jam, and like you could tell they're really getting into it, but they're very rigid, you know. And then one, the next, like a year later, the violinist is coming in with the Les Paul, you know? <laughs> 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 um, and they're trying to do that shit, but they're either from the rip until, th- still now they're completely, like, amazingly talented and put in hours, you know? That was no doubt. It's just a different headspace that, like, going through, because I went through CSU and they didn't really, like, studying jazz, there's more uh, idea and approach with that, but, like, in the other courses, they don't really kind of tip you off in that direction too, too much, you know? So coming from, like, a musical theater background, that's cool to know, like, and that makes sense with, like, a lot of, like, uh, the character stuff, like, to develop your own, because p- the whole thing is becoming that person yeah. fully with yourself, so that's yep. badass. Um, so, okay, so it goes back to that. Now, with, like, um, Splenda Daddy... No, hold on. My one thought was, before asking about Splendid Daddy, um, uh, what was the other tune? Uh... Sporting Man? Sporting Man. Yeah. Sounds like a Watt tune. That's all yeah, I wanted to say on that. Sporting Man. Sporting Man. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like, but Splendid Daddy, that was a completely different character.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> that was awesome. That sucks oh, sick. We wrote Sporting Man together. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Rick and I, we were like, just wrote out the lyrics about it. And again, we, we like to like take a lot of digs at the patriarchy. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of our, you know what I mean? Like one of our little undertones. We like to have kind of like a lot of fun with that. And so, you know, in not taking ourselves seriously, um, it creates a lot of avenues for writing a lot of good stuff. And so right. Sporting Man's got that kind of vibe about those individuals out there that, you know what I mean, they, they yeah. think they got it going on, but they, they have no clue, you know, because a lot of guys just don't know what women really want, you know yeah. what I mean? And so that the song's a lot about that. And so that's one of the things that's become so fun about writing a lot of these tunes is that once it starts taking off, We just get ridiculous and we just start, you know, we just start blowing it out, you know.
0: Now, is that something, the, like, kind of ridiculousness and absurdity of dressing up and becoming these characters, is that something you guys have always done musically?
4: It's new to me in terms of, you know, being a completely different character. First time I've done it, but, you know... Uh, I, I
1: would, m- you know, mess with it uh, yeah. in my head more than anything. Okay. I mean, I think once you get on stage, oh, I mean, you know, maybe we share the same thing. Maybe all musicians or only a few or most, I, I don't know. But when I go on stage, you know, it's, I'm not me, really. I just yeah. kind of pull out of myself, and I, I'm just in the music. So I kind of, like, I pull back. I'm not just me just you know hanging out you know
5: yeah smoking a
1: dupe you know drinking (laughs) a beer you know it's uh it's wild so yeah but the 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 actual full-on like
3: the regalia yeah
1: Yeah. it's crazy it's crazy that's different
3: yeah i mean i i personally had never yeah done that before and, and personally really didn't plan to do this it's just that when we started Getting this music together and it started taking these tones and these ideas. It's weird. You How know, did that happen? Anyways, I, 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 I kind of that? I kinda threw you? it out there. You know what, what I mean? You, Nico,
4: Nico came up <laughs> with it. <this>. You <laughs> know, I, but
3: but but again, we just started again. I, a lot of times, I might have come up with these little frames of like things, yeah. and then we've built on that. You know what I mean? Like. You know, because the there was the Nico thing, but we, you know, we kind of worked on the Nico thing, and everybody else started developing themselves and their own characters, and it really helps t- make the music take shape. Right, and, and it and it offers as a, a really good kind of like a platform for us to be able to like be as ridiculous as we want, to be a little bit over the top. You know what I mean? So, you know, so we like to be as much as as much as our music is good. You know, we want the the show to be a nice spectacle and people to have a good time. So it right. just creates another. Nice element for art and and expression, you know?
0: Was it What's interesting, so it's like you guys are coming from this background of having this musicality garage DIY mindset and jumping into, like, this kind of character uh, perception acting role where you are coming from this Mm -hmm. character role (laughs) and jumping into – it's like a complete balance, and now it makes so much sense why this works so well and, like, why – as a unit, you guys can make this stuff shine so much. And it's that's so cool because, like, the whole acting perspective and becoming this character, right, to so, like you're saying, to some degree, you're hyper version of yourself when you're playing or in front of anybody. And that can be as a karate teacher or as whatever, right? You're always becoming, like, a different right, right. role. But to some degree, you're always still you. So the fully immerse in, like, a completely different character that's really badass and then like to the have a pro of that coming in oh and yeah. like jumping into to the pros for like the music aspect this is like a really like as far as a creative like inspiration endeavor like this is a, a very positively toxic cool room to be in right now that's badass yeah i mean
3: like yeah. g3 g3 is gonna be people are gonna look at her anyway when she's gonna turn heads on stage but I mean, when she gets up there and she's looking like she does, you know what I mean? And she's Aiden. all, Aiden system, sh- all, she knows, all systems go, us. and all her stuff's <laughs> downloaded. And she's ready to go, and you know what I mean? It, it it gives even more for everybody to enjoy, you know? And there'll be some times I, that I walk in to set up gear, you know, when Nico comes out, and I set up again. Nobody knows who walked in or what Nico yeah. is
0: either, so I, uh, we have a lot of fun with it. It's That's cool, and I think, like... To, like, kind of, like, this, not disguise, but to kind of jump into this other person lets the fun happen. And, like, this even if it's goofy and silly and fun, if you have that momentum, like, people are going to jump aboard that more than someone who's serious. And you're actually probably going to make more seriously, like, not, uh, you're going to make more music, more, uh, you're going to make better music. <laughs> yeah. I can talk. You can make better <laughs> music because you're just having fun with it. and You're not worried so much about the perception of it because it's already been deemed silly. You know, like it's
1: exact. It's Graham Chapman. It's yeah. Stop that. That's silly. It's it's just over the top. So yeah, it, it you're you're spot on. Like it allows you to just just whatever you want let's just get out there and it, you know it makes it fun for people you know yeah n- you know, we don't have like the full standard setup again you know we have two synth rigs you know a la depeche mode vibe yeah and then we've got two vocalists up front so you you, you know and our, our music is kind of chill so you know you want to that down tempo you know range of bpm so not everything's up there banging right so it's nice to at least have you know a little something to play with for the audience, you know.
0: You, you bring that up-tempo somewhere else.
1: Yeah, through yeah. looking like a bunch of goons. <laughs> know, <we> just, uh, <laughs> it's so ridiculous.
0: Now, and, like, it's interesting that something you guys, out of all the different styles and approaches musically have taken, this is a fresh uh, approach to it, at least. Like, that's really cool. That's really cool to do that, especially, like, now coming back from everything and to do that in the time of, like, a pandemic where you had, like, no like real audience to kind of like do y- cuz you guys did this all kind of started from a couple streams, right? Or some our of the first things Our first
4: streams. performances were live streams, yeah,
0: because And what was that was that here? Was that for a thing? Yeah, that was down here. Was it was it part of Megan's 24-hour fest, 48-hour fest or was this just like no, we is do just it? us okay. doing
3: our own personal live streams?
0: Hell yeah. And like cuz I did I, I forget I think I was talking to you, I did a bunch of streaming for like the Beachland and the Grog shop and like that was like a nightmare. Like not it, like uh, like it was fine. It was fun, and it kept everything going, which was important. But like the uh, the whole like streaming thing is so like if the internet is loaded, I just gotta say oh, fuck yeah. that technology uh, and yeah. all dodgy, that goes with uh, it. It was real dodgy.
6: That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so
0: hard. <laughs> you know, like you said
4: about uh, people starting record labels back in the day, having to figure out distribution. That everything. was that was a whole other thing. You have to figure out the streaming software. You got to uh, yeah make sure that your internet's solid and all that just to get it to pull off, which you didn't have to think about this uh, in the 80s.
1: Two enthusiastic thumbs down to that <laughs> fucking vibe. Man. But it was clearly
0: awful. it led to something good. So right, no,
1: it was cool. It was like, it you know, it, was, it, it, it kept, for me, I, don't, I can't speak for everybody, it kept my sanity man, you know, yeah. during that time of yeah. not being able to go out, not doing things, not going to shows, no one's touring, everything's shut down, like... If we if we have some kind of connection with the outside world, uh, not that we were you know hitting hundreds and hundreds of people watching, but it was like the act of let's perform right and you know get some kind of start because who knows it might, what what if it never ends, so we better get you know let's let's get rolling and see what it sounds like, and as soon as we did that the first couple of live things like that, it's like okay that's right when G three came in on uh, for the last one or the last two or the last. Last Less one, two, last yeah. two. Yeah, holy yeah. shit. I mean, that's when the vibe of like everything it's already thing. so good, yeah. just practicing and like playing the songs. Like, you know, we have a decent setup, you know, so it sounds nice. Uh, but nobody has to just sound as good as she does on vocals. Everything we had, you know, we're like, hey, just put this out there. What wh- I mean, should we let people know the cover we just did? Sure, Are we going to keep that not? under rest? But. <laughs> Well, you guys can tell the story, you know. If we, Nico that's is the illegitimate son, purported Ill- illegitimate son of John Oates, of yeah. Hall and Oates fame. Mm. Hell yeah, it's speculated, it's speculated. speculated. So <laughs> I got to do
3: the, uh, I got to go to theroots.com or whatever <laughs> that that is and really check <laughs> the, check the lineage. It turns street. out you're that's 25% that's 25% street, you are twenty five percent Oates. I forty There <laughs> might be some Oates in there. There might be some Oates <laughs> in there.
0: Well, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's dive into the character bits. Okay, that's badass.
3: Yeah, uh, the uh, the whole Hall and Oates thing. My, my mom, yeah, <laughs> she was uh, she was in, in high school. They had a Hall and Oates came to play at some party. That yeah, that, yeah. My uncle's won like a bubble gum like uh, sweepstakes, and Hall and Oates came to play at their high school, Brook Park High School. Like, wait, you know what I mean? Back in like '81 or eight nineteen eighty. Double so bubble. They come to the play. You know, you my guys. mom's hanging out with all of her friends watching, and, you know, and then. And you know, there's, there's Oates over there giving her like the, the fresh uh-huh. eye, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was like, you know, so he was trying to call her over to go backstage and my mom wasn't have yeah. nothing to do with it. So we like to kick around yeah. this, this fun idea, you know, that I might, Nico is the illegitimate
4: son of John Oates,
3: you know, <laughs> but. Uh,
4: right. So then That's we, we were looking for a cover song to do, and uh, I think the first thing that came up was I Can't Go For That. Nice. Uh, <laughs> That makes so much sense. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, but but you know what? Like, if I did a Hall Notes song, I would want to cover Man Eater, and then G Three said, you know, uh, back in the day, that was her nickname, Man Eater. So
6: (laughs) I think that's what
2: cemented it, right? Yeah, I had I had a friend who tried to uh, convince my new boyfriend that that's what I was. I was a man eater. Would that be like in a he literal doesn't sense? Care. Yeah. Uh, a consumer
0: uh, uh, of, of, of man flesh. <laughs> cool friend. Um.
1: <laughs> right, exactly, right,
0: What the hell, man? Uh-huh. But so is that going to be the bit? You guys are doing Man Eater? Uh-huh. Is that what he, Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have, have to We played it. Yeah. it at the Zopper a do couple it. days yeah. ago.
6: It, yeah, yeah no, we debuted it last
1: weekend. To her, like, to the whole... Back, to circle back to the the power and awesomeness of what you know G3 brings to the table is like, we just threw it out there. We're joking around. It's just a big joke. Like, uh, yeah, we it went from like joke to we're doing it to it's sequenced <laughs> and it's mastered <laughs> and exactly. ready to right? ready yeah. to play in like three weeks. We we're like Hell so yeah. stoked about it. But man, she kills Daryl Hall's part. Like, uh, she comes in. Like they alternate Nico and her. They yeah. alternate the uh, verse lines and stuff. When she comes in, it's like their hawk and just like Sit down, take a back seat Like Ah. it's so good, man. And she's, it's
0: like that's so funny. Like (laughs) that's not that. That's badass. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Hollow notes, because like my my bass player, he's like for some reason Hollow notes official Instagram follows him and (laughs) like likes random. I don't think it's really them. It has to be like their manager or some shit. You know what I mean? Their PR person. It's no way that Hollow notes are like, do we like this? Check. Mm." You know, like they're 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 not talking. I'm sure. (laughs) Like I don't know. I know Daryl
3: Hall. He's a pretty busy guy. He's got (laughs) that studio. Yeah, and Everybody yeah, yeah. coming in there every week.
0: That's a cool show as well. I met Oates at the Beachland once, opening for Donovan Frankenreiter. Was yeah. there any
4: resemblance to Nico that
0: you noticed? You know what? Now that you say it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, pay, put a Stunning. beard on. There, it's know? uncanny. <laughs>
0: uh, that's bad. Well, what else do you guys, as far as like, what's uh, what are we looking at future future wise coming out? Do so we got some more recordings aside from this cover? um and some gigage let's do a plug hole at this point
3: yeah our, our next gig coming up that we have planned um will be uh on uh, january 20th? 20th 20th friday okay. january 20th at the smiling skull uh, tavern it. in athens ohio okay um we got a neat thing we're throwing together blazing with the phase the rene- yeah. renegades of skunk it's hell yeah a, we're gonna <laughs> have a you know we got some vendors out there and some uh you know the uh the uh silver serpent they're going to be out there setting up shop you know going to have some vendors there. going to have a lot of fun so we're going to bring a big crowd in there post holiday throw the go. place up and blow it out like we always yeah. do you know playing
4: with our boy slim bag troy who uh, we've done a couple shows with he's a an amazing mc out of kent uh and his mom by the way at the show the other day said we did hall notes better than hall notes does it? Oh, yeah so she did say that what up, Paul and Oates that's official, awesome. Paul and
0: Dakota Michael Crows. <laughs> it <laughs> you was <cute>. her year. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it was cute. It was his brother's birthday and his mom came out. She was sixty and she was rocking out.
0: Oh that's awesome. Okay.
4: It's, it's those it's those G three vocals. It's just really
0: Ba-boom. really
1: there ties it is. that tune yeah. together. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we you know, we're always got, you know, something uh, you know, in the chamber, so to speak, you yeah, know, on the brewing, on the back burner, just yeah. kinda of chilling. Uh so, yeah, d- definitely more tunes, especially in the holidays, things slow yeah. down a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's everything nice, gets to be hectic. easy to s- come in, stay, and just get down here and get cozy and, you know, s- get a couple of bottles of wine cracked and just... Butter know, tea. Yeah, see what uh, happens. Uh, uh, and, yeah, we'll definitely uh, have some uh, more, I'd say, uh, nothing's certain yet, but we're trying to do uh, a couple of, like, mini tours, like, okay. re- you know, just regional circuit yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um i feel it we've only played like five or six shows so yeah we want to kind of keep the momentum going and uh so after that january one once the weather gets going we're gonna try to try to try to to go full blast and also you know festivals and stuff
0: right uh, so we're uh, i definitely feel i'm because like when when we're doing what we're doing right here everyone here is sending out the emails or one of you guys here are sending out the booking emails and like it's been an uphill battle for myself, so I I feel uh, whomever is sending it. It's a tough business, a like even when
3: you're hitting it from from different sides, it's it like sucks. It's, it's it's the worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, man. Getting it's you know getting people to be responsive and it's difficult because you know it's like it's like a hundred people trying to to run into a small door. Right, you right. know what I mean? And everybody wants that to play. It Takes
1: it right back to the punk rock thing, though. Like that's yeah. how you build following is yeah. by playing shows you know even with all the advent of technology and social media and all that crap you, you can't we're not g- gungnam style we're not going to yeah. just blow up and go viral well, even, with the, you know yeah you got to e- play shows and get people like right. come out and see you and holy shit oh, yeah, that's and, and that there's, that an ener- like? there's
3: an energy that develops from that too an organic energy that you're never going to find via the internet you know what yeah. i mean like th- that especially from a local level and then getting out you know, more broad-based in Ohio or whatever have you, getting out, those people hear the shows, and then it circumvents an energy that we might not see, but it's there, you know what right. I mean? People look forward to hearing you. People look forward to being at the shows, you know, and that's really important, really important.
0: Well, and that's going to be way more impactful. Like, the, the phone the phone videos, when you see a clip of somebody, it doesn't sound as good as it did there, you know? And, and you know that when you've done it and you were there, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, that's all mids or whatever. <laughs> like... Whatever it is, like it 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 doesn't cut it, it doesn't cut it. Or if someone sends a cool clip of your performance and you know it sounded better, but oh when yeah. you hear the phone recording, <laughs> you're like, Oh gosh. Not even musically, just m- production mix wise. You're like, ah but um that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys letting me down to the HQ. Oh, we you appreciate it. Coming to chat you. with you. This has been awesome. Thank you uh, very much. Thank you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, we have a lot more fun coming coming everybody's way. A lot more hijinks. Yeah, you know, yeah. A lot more good tunes. We'll you know, a lot more, lot more
0: shows. A lot more shows, and maybe one in Negative Space. And yeah. yeah, we would be honored to play oh, there. Oh, really,
3: yeah. we, awesome. we love Let's the do spot. Some. Let's
1: love do it next year for sure. And then it's you done. know, you guys want to throw out, out the, much obliged, man. Whenever you want, the we'll vibe. figure it. We'll That's figure awesome. It. Thank you so much. Uh, throw out vanillaphase.com We're on Bandcamp. We're on YouTube. Vanilla Phase Music on Instagram,
0: what uh, Spotify,
1: everything. You get our music on uh, iTunes. You're Amazon, on Spotify? Everything, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Okay, I had trouble yeah. finding it on Spotify. Maybe I was... I have stone.
1: trouble finding it, too, uh, when All I'm right. trying to, like, load in and do stuff, so it's weird.
0: Um, okay, because I just went off Bandcamp, and eventually Bandcamp's like, hey, are you, are you going to pay? <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go see him, no. And then, like, it, uh, it shows a little broken heart, and yeah. you're like, damn, Bandcamp, <laughs> I appreciate you guys. SoundCloud you guys really did the same thing. Like, yeah? SoundCloud, you know, we have the basic th- plan, and they're like, hey, you really want to reach more artists? Yeah, SoundCloud yeah. Pro, and it's like. Well, that's the thing, like, going back to the live performance, no matter how big your internet following is, Unless you go out there and you really do it, you're not, it doesn't equate. It's got to be, like, you can have higher numbers here, but they're not going to equal real people, even, you know, or vice versa, you know. Right. So, like, it's it's a happy balance of both. But yeah. the hard work comes from meeting people and doing what you guys are doing. And, like, if you're going into it with as much fun as we've had right now and just as fun as the record is, it's going to be badass.
3: We appreciate that, man. We got Cheers, big plans.
0: Man. Appreciate for Cheers sure. to that. Thank you, guys. Hey, hey,
3: right so on. Man.
4: Thank you.